Hey fam, welcome to Aquarius Air Podcast. I'm your host, Jen, and this is episode two. I cannot continue without giving a shout out to all the listeners and friends and family that tuned in to episode one, the debut episode. The amount of listeners that I saw on my analytics from episode one really had me shook. I I can't believe that that many people would tune in and want to listen to what I have to say. So I just want to thank you all for the love, the support, the feedback, the reposting, the sharing, and just getting Queer the Air podcast on everybody's radar. I appreciate you so much, and I wouldn't be here without you. So I hope you really enjoyed episode one, and I hope you love episode two. With that, I'm going to head into my sipping segment. <laughs> um, if you follow me on Instagram, I recently posted a video uh, mentioning the drink that I would be consuming tonight based off of a, re- a recipe submitted to me by the one and only at Amon Elise. And so tonight's drink I am sipping on dun, 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 Amon's Autumn. This is a very, very lovely yet sneaky concoction that has actually become one of my favorites in this pandemic. So it's composed of only three ingredients. And you might think, hey, what kind of drink is that? It only has three ingredients. But don't let it fool you. Don't let the ingredients downplay it for you. It's sneaky because if you enjoy it too much, you might be knocked out snoring in the next 10 to 15 minutes. Um, Amon's Autumn is compromised of Hennessy, Martinelli's apple juice and lemonade. If you talk to Amonalise and ask her, she will let you know it really, you can't make this drink without the specific ingredients. If you try to get a different basic apple juice and not Martinelli's, it won't taste the same. And if you also ask her, she will argue with you about which lemonade is the best. I happen to like it with the Trader Joe's lemonade. It goes very smoothly. But if you're curious what she likes to use, go ahead and hit her up. <laughs> but um, yeah, that is my drink of choice for the evening. And I I would love to hear from you all. Like what recipes, what drinks are you guys having? Um, I'd like to try them out. So send an email to queertheairpodcast at gmail.com and your drink recipe might get featured on a future episode. I hope you have had a wonderful week. Uh, Me personally, it's been a heck of a week and not in a way that is necessarily negative. Just, you know, when you have a lot of things going on, maybe your workload is really busy and then you have a lot going on in your personal life. It can just feel like a week that maybe you've exerted more energy than usual. So for me, it's definitely been a hell of a week. It was a reminder to me that no matter how well you think things are going, in your relationships or where you are on your journey, challenges can and will arise. So don't get cocky, focus and remember to communicate clearly. Most, doesn't even have to be an argument. I would just say most disagreements, most misunderstandings occur when you're not able to communicate clearly. The emotions you feel might be very strong, but if you just take a pause and take a moment, communicate and focus on what you're saying, you might be able to deliver the message much clearly than you thought, regardless of how you're feeling. So... Just always keep that in mind that as a consideration when you're feeling overwhelmed emotions. Let's get into what happens when you don't know your wants or your needs in your relationships. And also if you don't communicate those clearly. 
I can honestly say that throughout my relationship history and the different relationships that I've been in, I have not done a very good job of figuring out exactly what I want or what I need for my relationship. And not being able to do that has really caused me to be unclear with my partners and the person I was with in that relationship to the point where it just caused frustration and just it it gets old very quickly. That's not all to say that at times maybe I did communicate certain things clearly, but I just knew within myself that from the beginning, there wasn't always a clear definition for me what I wanted and what I needed. I think I had just a general definition that probably a lot of people feel about their relationships and it goes something like, I want to be happy. I want to laugh with this person. I want to be there everything or I don't know, just a whole list of things that seem kind of surface level when you think about it. But I never took the time to dive deeply into exactly what I need, being very specific. And so I ended up in a few dating situations, a few relationships that the way I figured out what I wanted and what I needed was by having something that I don't want and I didn't need that was not serving me at all. And both of these examples were me dating women with children. And don't get me wrong, like I have so much respect for anybody that can be a parent that takes on that responsibility. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, I don't, I don't have children, so, you know, I I do have respect for parents and single parents. However, dating a single parent has some very unique challenges. And if you're not sure that you're up to the task, if you're not sure, you know, the role that you want to play in that child or children's lives, it can get hairy very quickly. You know, I knew Maybe I shouldn't even say I knew. I thought about having kids. It was a thought, was not sure. I always said that I didn't want children growing up, but I hadn't fully closed that door, but I hadn't become a mother yet. So I wasn't sure. When I met these women, I was very intrigued by them, very attracted, drawn in. And it was to the point where once I found out that they were mothers and that they had children, I didn't take a pause. I didn't say, hey, Jen, yeah, you like this person. They're amazing. You guys are vibing. But do you want to deal with kids? Do you want to be a stepmom? Like, what do you want? Didn't ask myself that. I just proceeded and thought that it would be something that we could work out or figure out as we developed our relationship. This is not a good method of approaching relationships, especially when it comes to children. You need to be very clear about the role you want to play in their lives and the example that you want to set for them. Growing up, I had a a stepmother and we didn't always have the greatest relationship. And so for me, I just knew if I was going to be in any kid's life, like I didn't want to treat them the way my stepmother treated me or made me feel. But at the same time, I wasn't even sure that I wanted to be a stepmother or a parental figure in any child's life. I didn't know that I even wanted children. So if I had taken a chance to pause and ignore the fact that this these women were amazing or they were super sexy or attractive or the sex was bomb or any of those factors, I think I would have focused a little bit harder on how important it is me being a part of these kids' lives. I didn't want to 
enter them and then the next second abandon them, which, you know, at young ages, it can cause a, a lot of harm. So I just, I didn't think about that. And it became a huge stress factor in both of my relationships because there'd be moments where I felt like I was part of the family unit. I felt like I had some authority or decision-making power in these children's lives. And in other instances, I would feel like an outsider to this family unit. Like I was just the extra person. I was just there and that I really didn't have a say-so one way or the other about their upbringing or what's going on in their lives. And it was confusing. It would be confusing and damn near offensive. You know, you're spending time with someone's kids. You see them day in and day out. You know, you might be helping them with homework or going to their games or playing with them, giving them the attention they need, but then also being told, hey, you don't have any say-so. You don't control anything. You don't, you're not valued in that way in this family structure. That could be a huge slap in the face. That was just one example for me. You know, not being clear about my wants and my needs. I didn't know if I wanted kids and I didn't know if I wanted to be a stepmother to anybody's children. So not being clear on that really caused a lot of strain in a few of my relationships where I dated women with children. Another instance of not being clear on wants and needs, which I think a lot of you can relate to, is someone's status, how they identify. I never thought it mattered to me or (laughs) I was never clear if it mattered to me whether somebody was fully out or not. This was another thing. I, I never stopped and asked myself if this is something I want or would need to deal with in my relationships. I know people make assumptions a lot of the time that everybody is out or everybody's comfortable with PDA or other things, you know, and that's not true. They might be comfortable with you behind closed doors, but out in public, maybe they don't want to talk about their sexuality. Maybe they don't want to hold your hand. Maybe they don't want to give anybody an inkling that you guys are more than just friends because that's their level of comfort. But if you don't ask yourself if that's something you could potentially deal with, you know, it is also a unique question for queer people to have to ask and think about, but it's a very valid one and very pertinent because if you're an out and proud person, you have no shame in your game and you stretch your stuff like a peacock down the street, that's all fine and dandy, but everybody doesn't feel like you. Everyone doesn't operate and move like you. So if you don't know that, it might become very stressful and very challenging being in a relationship where the other person is the complete opposite of you in that regard. You really have to get clear about what you want and what you need. And those are just two outside factors, I suppose you could say, as far as wants in a relationship. But one of my internal, internal things that I was like, man, I really need this. And that's to feel heard and validated by my partner. Uh, Growing up as a kid, my dad was a very do as I say, not as I do type person. And anything he said wasn't up for a discussion. You either did it or you suffered the consequences. And I don't think I ever fully processed that, but I knew as an adult, like I didn't want to feel like I was a little kid in any of my relationships. I don't want someone talking to me, telling me what I can or cannot do. If you want to have a discussion with me about something, that's fine. We can discuss and talk like two adults, but what you're not going to do is talk to me like I'm your child or try to tell me what I can or cannot do and scold me. It took a few also (laughs) situations for me 
to figure out that that was a big deal to me. I I absolutely cannot stand when someone talks to me in a manner that makes me feel like I'm beneath them in a in 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 a way of like being beneath them in an authoritative manner. When it comes to relationships, I want an equal partner. I want someone that will talk to me and compromise with me, not tell me what I need to do and try to correct me or talk to me or scold me or make me feel like a child. And so it took a few relationships for me to also figure that out. You know, I would be in situations where I would get upset and I would feel triggered and I didn't know why. And then, you know, hindsight, taking pause, doing that look inward and self-reflection, I'd ask myself like, yo, what are you, why are you getting so heated in this situation? Or what is it about this that sent you to the moon and back, like in the worst way, zero to a hundred, you know, it took me doing that self-reflection to realize that it was because of uh, a need for being heard and validated in my feelings that I didn't get as a child. I have been and I'm actively working on not being a shutdown artist. And what I mean by that is when people would raise their voices to me, start yelling at me, cussing at me, saying disrespectful things to me, my default mode of protection is to shut down. I'll stop talking. I'll just look at you. I'll let you keep raging by yourself. But in inside, I'm raging is a thousand degrees of just like blue flame just building up like a volcano inside of me. I did not know how important it is for me to have someone communicate clearly to me how they feel without all that extra element, you know? I'm not saying don't tell me how you feel. Don't be honest with me. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if possible, take pause and speak to me in a respectable manner. Find a way to communicate to me so that I hear what you're saying without feeling attacked or feeling like I need to shut down and zone out just so that I keep from going off on you. Again, took many instances for me to figure out that that was a very, very important need for me in my relationships. And I kept aligning myself or getting into relationships with people who can be very argumentative, combative, defensive people who, if you say the wrong thing to them, even if you're just trying to express something or a concern, they'll go the fuck off on you like you're a stranger on the street. I don't respond well to that. It it will make me look at you different. It will make me feel differently about you. It'll make me not want to even say anything to you or bring anything up to you. And what kind of relationship is that? You know, we're we're both walking on eggshells. We both feel like we can't speak or be heard. In those ways, those are just a few of my stories and examples where I just, it took me experiencing these things, these scenarios, quite a few times before I had to stop and ask myself, what do I really want and what do I need in my relationship? What's going to make me feel validated, safe, secure, loved, respected? You have to ask yourself those questions. You have to dig deep and figure out what it is for you that, you know, you absolutely can't do without what you absolutely want from your partner. Now, you also have to be realistic. You know, you're not going to get everything. We are human beings. But I think if you take the time to make that list, you'll you'll find some very important things and you'll probably rank them and you'll know 
what are absolute deal breakers and things that maybe you can work on, but it's a starting point. You have to ask yourself those questions. You have to know what you want and what you need from your relationship. If you don't, you're just going to end up settling. It may not feel like it at the beginning because the relationship is new and exciting, but like I said earlier, it's going to get old fast and then you're going to end up fighting with this person or being miserable and you're not even sure why. But the reason is because you didn't know what you wanted or what you needed. You didn't seek those things out. You were drawn in by other things and those other things were blinders to what you really needed for this relationship. I hope it's starting to come together for you from my stories, the different ways and how not asking yourself or figuring out what you want or what you need from your relationship can end up being very detrimental. Not just you, but all parties involved. Again, if you aren't clear on what you want or what you need, you will end up settling and ultimately being unhappy. Nobody is a mind reader. It's no one's job to figure out what you want or what you need. That's your job. You need to know those things. You will stop yourself from ending up in situations or relationships that don't serve you because you know what you're looking for. If you don't know, you'll get drawn to anything. You'll just keep trying different pieces to see what fits because you have no idea what you're looking for or what you're seeking to achieve or what kind of partner you actually want or, you know, the things that you do or don't respond well to. If you don't know the answers to that, you're probably better off just not being in a relationship just yet because how unfair is that not only to yourself but the other person? If you go into the relationship and you don't know that you don't like something or you don't know that there's a certain need you absolutely uh, desire to have fulfilled, how can that person ever meet those needs or be a part of what you desire, the type of relationship you want? How could they ever? They can't read your mind. They don't know what you're feeling. They don't. They're just going along with what you put out there. So if you make it seem like you're okay with everything, why should they think anything else? So please, 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 on your journey of self-mastery, please ask yourself what you want and what you need. Write it down. Make a list. Be specific as hell. I do not want you writing these basic ass, generic, <laughs> I want to feel loved type of things that you need from a relationship. If you want to be that simple and that generic, then you will get plenty of people who are able to do that for you. It may be only for a short amount of time, but if you're looking for real deep emotional connections and meaningful relationships, you need to be as specific as you can and not leave any detail out about what you want or what you need. And realize that there's nothing wrong with your list. It's for you. It's what you want. It's what you need. No one can make you get into a relationship and tell you, well, I can't, I can't live up to those expectations or I can't do this. This is the best I can do. Well, it was nice meeting you. Maybe we can have a really nice friendship, you know, down the line, but you don't have to settle. No one can tell you that what you want and what you need for yourself is too much. That is for you. On the other hand, you know, if you don't know what that is, if you don't ask yourself, you'll probably end up with somebody who can fulfill some or part of your needs because 
they're not that deep. <laughs> it's not an extensive list. It's not more than surface level. So probably find somebody, probably end up in some relationship. But if that's not what you want, if you want something different, you got to do something different. You got to go about setting up your relationships much differently. So take that time, figure out what you want and what you need. Be very clear about it and understand that this task is on you. You have to hold yourself accountable for your choices. There are times in our lives that we can feel like things are happening to us. And I think that has a lot to do with our egos, but a huge piece of self-mastery is accountability. That means no matter what's going on around you, you take responsibility for your part. You take responsibility for how you behaved and the choices that you've made. A lot of people don't like accountability. It makes most of us cringe because we would love to blame anything outside of us (laughs) for why this is happening. But more often than not, if you take the time and hold yourself accountable, you'll know where you fucked up at. It'll be like one of those moments you just pause and your little Jiminy Cricket voice is like, and this is where Jen fucked up. (laughs) It'll be very clear to you. I just, I really want to tap into holding yourself accountable, what accountability means and what that looks like. It's a huge piece like I said, for self-mastery and part of this journey. And we're really going to deep dive into holding yourself accountable in episode three. If you have any questions or feedback about the questions you should be asking yourself uh, in regards to your wants or your needs before getting into a relationship, feel free to send me an email at queertheairpodcast at gmail.com. And again, I'm always looking forward to receiving all types of drink recipes from all the listeners out there. Um, Like I said, it can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. I will make it. I will try it. And then I will mention it, bring it up on my sipping segment on a future episode. So please send me all your feedback, your questions, your recipes to uh, the Queer the Year podcast at gmail.com. Also follow me on Instagram to get episode updates and just general shenanigan posting. And I just want to thank you again for tuning into episode two. So tune in next week for episode three, all about accountability, what it is, how to do it. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Like I said, accountability is something that most people, I would say 95% of the population or more actively tries to avoid. So with that, I'll send you off and I'll see you next week when you can come in, get comfy and queer the air.